And good evening, and thank you for allowing me to do this service. My name is Lorraine W. I am a compulsive overeater from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and I am grateful for the opportunity to do this service. And I want to start with prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties. That victory over them would bear witness to the others I would help with your power and of your love and of your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. Um, I'm 62 years old. I'm going to give you some some current things. 62 years old. I am in my seven and I've been seven months absent, sober absent. Uh, since June 24th, I've known about the OA program, our 12-step program for overeaters since I was 16. I've known about it. Um, it was presented to me as Gluttons Anonymous. At 16, I wasn't joining anything called Gluttons Anonymous. But at 18, uh, my mother had um, suggested that we go to a new a program that didn't cost any money, and that was called Overeaters Anonymous, and I went with her. Um, basically, I'm going to give you what, what it was like, what happened, and what it was like now. My early childhood was a fairly nice one in that we were, I was born to two young parents, 20 and 21. Uh, he was a steel worker, and my mother was a nurse. And uh, I have a younger sister, and that's just it. It's just us, us four. Um, like I said, the early years, you know, it was just fun. Being around family was fun. However, I gravitated toward my dad more than my mother's family. My mother's family had, um, there were some things that I didn't care for that were said to me. Uh, however, I'll, I'll point that out later. Um, but we moved to a fixer-upper house. Matter of fact, I was up in the neighborhood today and, uh, the house now looks. They, whoever took over it really fixed it up. I was amazed at what it looked like. But I do recall the neighborhood is almost still the same. I mean, there's some newer houses, some you know facades, but it still was a quite wonderful place to raise kids. It had a store, a little mom and pop store, which was across the street from my house. But that store had a lot to do with my. Um, compulsive eating, what I started to notice was my compulsive eating. But, uh, you know, we had a coal furnace, and I remember um, being afraid to go down in our cellar because it had this coal furnace. It's iron, you know, coal in a coal cellar. Um, however, one time I could not get into a house. The house was locked up, and I couldn't get in from school. And I knew I always had to try to think my way. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to get in the house? So I remember jumping through the coal chute onto a pile of coal and then coming up through the cellar up the steps. It was my hope that the cellar door was not locked. It wasn't, but I just remember, you know, just I had to face my fear. Someone had to jump through, jump on the coal, and go up the steps. And um, my parents, uh, you know, of course, they were full-time employed. My mother worked 11 to 7. Well, she worked, she worked 3 to 11. My dad worked 7 to 3. They did, you know, shift work. 
However, my dad had a, he was, he, he imbibed, he was, he was an alcoholic. I mean, when he drank, he'd get drunk. And uh, there'd be, you know, fighting, sometimes some violent fighting. Um, sometimes you'd be embarrassed by it, but there was a whole lot of fights that went around our neighborhood. Basically, sometimes you go out of porch and you could hear so-and-so and their dad, mom and dad fighting and somebody else fighting. Um, so just a lot of couples do have their annual tiff. It reminded me of a scene from the Flintstones because our houses are pretty close together. Um, but uh, it got to the point where it was so bad. Um, my dad was wrecking cars. Um, my mother got a black eye. I remember some some, some violent stuff. Uh, there was just a lot. That, toward the end of my dad's drink, there was a lot of violence to the point where my mother was dead. We had to go to another town and stay with my grandmother. Uh, my mother gave my dad the ultimatum: if you tighten up, or you know, she's getting divorced, and she said not only was she getting divorced, we were going to change religions, and then that changing of the religions, we weren't going to celebrate Christmas anymore. You know, all the fun stuff that I loved as a kid, you know, that was going to go away, and I was just upset. So this is like 1969, and um, I just remember being so upset, going to school. I was the only only girl of color in her class. I mean, there was just a lot of things that used to upset me, but I would grin and bear it. But that part about, just, you know, where we want to live and, you know, no holidays. Not, oh, my gosh. And then my dad went to this recovery program, and next thing I started seeing this big, thick blue book. They had no pictures, but it was a thick blue book. And some of it I could read, but most of it, I didn't, you know, I didn't. it didn't make any sense. But these guys would show up at the house, and they would take my dad to these, quote, meetings in 1970. He would have to go to these meetings at night. Like, what are these meetings? They're so important because these guys coming in trench coats, they had hats on. But dad had to go to these meetings. And then um, things started to change a bit. People who showed up at our house, they were different. There was no more booze in the house. There was always food, though. Always food. Uh, as I got a little bit older, I found out one of my first words was mm, taste because I saw my dad eating this one meal and he was, my dad had this way of smacking his lips when it was really good. And I just knew it had to be that good. I'm sitting there one day. Um, plus there was a store that was across the street. So as a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, all the kids went to this store and I would have my like daily, daily binge food. I'd put it in my, pack my lunch. I always had this one daily binge food. Ah. Uh, but it was, a, like I said, a fixer-upper house. We've got uh, programs in the house now. But I wasn't addressing that compulsive eating. And I'm getting bigger because I was one of the biggest girls in the, the class in my grade. Um, and then in 1970, everything changed. My dad gets sober. We're starting to go to a new school. My body is changing. And so once a month, I can't go swimming. And that upset me. That whole change just upset me. And... uh where all the school, everybody was coming to school. So I had to deal with this. And the best way I knew to deal with this was to deal with my fear and shame, because it was shame to me, shame that I was starting, you know, my period. Shame that I was the most developed girl in my class. I was like nine, ten, you know, I got boobs, you know, I got a period going. And I didn't know how to deal with that. So I'd stay in the house a lot. And then my friend was food, you know, friend was food and TV. Um, and I dealt with that 
that staying in the house more and more. Um, plus, we moved from one neighborhood in the town to another neighborhood. And the kids in the, the neighborhood I grew up, they weren't as friendly as the girls I grew up with. But we all had to go to school together because we went to a school that was from K through 12, all under one roof. So I'm in middle school at this time. And, of course, boys are starting to get interested in, especially me, because I'm developed. And um, things went okay. I, some boys I did like, you know, they talked to me. And there's some boys that didn't talk to me. But that um, one boy in particular, I, I kind of like, again, once I got to ninth grade, I was really developed. And uh, like a girl made a comment when we were in swimming. She goes, you got bigger boobs than my mother. And that you know, was like, oh, my gosh. But it was normal for me because most of my mother's side of the family was very developed. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I was interested in this boy, and we'd walk home from school. And then one day, we were all up at the playground we're playing, and this guy is you know, talking all sweet things in my ear. And we went walking, and next thing I know, the walking turned to cuddling, and the cuddling turned to, to other stuff. And the, but what, I, what it did turn into was a gang, a gang rape. Um, at 14, I didn't deal with that very well. I didn't, I didn't deal with that. And I stayed in the house a lot. I didn't want anything to do with boys at that time, especially boys who were older than me. Um, my, my core group was people in the band because people in the band who knew about it, they said, no matter what was said about me, they'd be my friend. And um, I still, I stuck around those guys and girls and, um, uh, but I was gaining weight, and by the time I was like high school, by the time well that um, Gluttons Anonymous was mentioned, I'm probably weighing about 170, 170 pounds. But I grad I, my my goal was to graduate and get away from the area I lived in. Um, so I graduated with honors, and I went to college at a school in the middle of the state, far enough but not too far, and I had a ball. I didn't really study. I had a ball. I mean, I liked football and uh, loved football. I'm from outside Pittsburgh. I love football. Um, matter of fact, there's a lot of Hall of Famers from the county I'm in. Uh, but I love football, watching it. And I love the guys that played it. So I went to this one school. that, And up there, I had fun with them. And I ate. And I ate like those football players, too, because we were eating alongside them. And they would come to the dining hall, and I'd eat some bits, and I'd eat with them. But they were playing football. I wasn't. And I went from 170 to 250. By the time I graduated from school, I was 250 pounds. And, uh, and I came back home because I was too afraid to go anywhere else. I, fear ruled in my, in my life. Fear ruled. And uh, I came back home and was safe. Thought it was safe. Uh, I got this job. I couldn't. I was so afraid I couldn't even think about getting a job in the field that I graduated in. And I ended up being uh, a job that you could have got with just a high school diploma. But that's what I did. I was a direct care aide. I took care of people. And um, I was really depressed. It wasn't diagnosed depression, but I was depressed. Uh, and then um, one day I went to a weigh and pay. I was going to weigh, a couple of weigh and pays. Uh, I had success with this one not nationally known weigh and pay. But they introduced a new type of uh, desserts and stuff that they with their name on it. And that just set me off. 
And, you know, they'll tell you to have one. I'm like, I want to have 10. So I knew that wasn't working. And then it was the end of 1984. I hit my knees. And I said, God, you show me what to do, and I'll do it. Oh, let me backtrack real quick. Uh, 19, in those college years, my mother took me to my first OA meeting. I listened to the stories, but what was the catch-all was that there were people in there who had lost 100 pounds. That was a catch. Um, so fast forward, 1984, I hit my knees, uh, asked God, show me what to do, and I'll do it. This is at New Year's Eve at the church I grew up in. We have what is called watch night services. So I, the next day, that January 1st, 1985, my mother says to me, Lorraine, why don't we go back to OA? And I remember saying to my mother, oh, mom, that don't work. I'm not going back to that. And I left the kitchen. I walked down the hallway towards my bedroom, and I got to my bedroom door inside. And as I stepped over the threshold, Something said to me, if I could do it for alcoholics, I can do this for you too. And it hit me. I don't know. You know I, yeah, you know, I, my dad had been sober. By that time, he had been sober 14 years. And I knew other guys who had been sober longer. If he could do it with these alcoholics, maybe he can do it with me. So I said, came back and told my mother, okay, we'll go. And I did what I was told. I got a sponsor that had what I liked, and I called her, gave her my food and such, and within three months... Five more minutes, Lorraine. Ooh, i got to wrap it up. Okay. Um, And I kept coming. I had that first... uh, Even though that first year, I struggled because I was... This lady who had what I liked, another lady. And I liked her recovery. She had a lot of 12-step background with her. And uh, she believed in the program. And she was my sponsor. And her name is G. She passed away last year. But she passed away, you know, working program. But she had showed me everything in those 12 steps I needed to know. I would, and I would talk with her, talk with her every day about what was going on, how I was feeling. Um fears that I had, she, she, it's just like God used her in a miraculous way, because like, I talked to her about stuff I didn't talk to my mother about, but, you know, doing those steps, I can't, God can, I'll let him, and I followed, and that year, I released 100 pounds, I went from 250 to 150, and then I thought, okay, I got this, I don't need to go to as many meetings anymore. Because I got that, I had got a boyfriend. That I had got a lot of boyfriends, but this one in particular I got. And uh, I got them all right. I got pregnant, too. <laughs> I got pregnant, and I decided to keep the baby. And I, But I went, to meet, I went to meetings, but I wasn't going to them as often. And uh, then I left the area, uh, left program, and I spent program in another state. I left, I left program, went to another state to marry this one guy and left that and then did a geographic cure and went back with my baby's father. And I didn't go to any meetings during our whole relationship and marriage. And at the very end of our marriage, my uh, ex-husband said to me, in order to survive, I cannot live with you. 
That's how bad the disease had got for me. It was bad. I had triple, I had doubled my weight. I went from 150 to 300 pounds. And I left. I said, I, you know, I was done with the marriage. And that was, just, that was just God's way of getting me out of that <laughs> and, and turning me right to OA. Because I left, and next thing I know, I was going to OA and a more structured, it was a more structured OA how, where I couldn't speak, I could not, you only could read. Um, and I followed what the sponsor had for me there. And I lost 100 pounds again. You know, 1996, I went from 300 to 200 pounds. And I went to conventions. I got involved in service work. I was doing it at the intergroup level. Uh, I went to a region. I went to World Service in New York City. I remember that. Oh, I loved it. I mean, OA was taking me everywhere. Loved it. Meeting people. Oh, my gosh. And then the strange thing, I got goofy again. Like, I got this, God. I'll be okay. No, I ain't got nothing. What I don't know feels volumes. And I left program again. I left program over life. Life happens. And something happened in my life, and I got angry at God, and I left OA, and I left God. I was so angry at God. Oh, it's so bad. That was 2000. And I crunched and chewed my way, chewed that anger. I chewed that anger and fear, and I ate, I ate with furiousness. And I tried to come back, but I'd leave. You know, didn't want to do what was supposed to be done until I collapsed. I had doubled, I had added another 300 pounds on my body. So in 1996, I was 200. By June of last year, I was 577 pounds. And the only reason I know that is because I collapsed in my kitchen. I could barely breathe. I collapsed in a bathroom on my way to the kitchen. And um, I yelled out, I said, God, Please help me. And um, I said this one scripture, and I didn't collapse and hit the floor real hard. I slowly went down, but I couldn't get back up. Took 15 firefighters and EMS to get me out of my house. And I went to the hospital, and they weighed me. And I said, look at you, you're, you know, 577. I said, you've done it. Oh. And the next morning after I woke up, um, I said, well, God, what are we going to do? And I knew what the answer was. Just go back to meetings. Work the program as if your hair is on fire. So I called this. Uh, this one, one thing I, I had to do admit, there were people that were doing service throughout those years that I was you know, hop, skipping, and jumping through program meetings and things like that. But one person in particular would send me the VOR every day. And I asked this person. He was male to be my sponsor. Now, I had known about phone meetings, and I heard a lot in this particular meeting, this 100 Congress meeting, but I'm at 577. More minutes. Okay, and I had this one male, who, a couple males that were my sponsors, because they had gotten up to those, that, those weights, and they helped me through that. And every day I would talk to my sponsor when I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for two months. And I talked to my sponsor. I talked to somebody I had met that my sponsor had made, told me to make retribution to years ago. He would call me daily, and I had a friend who was a priest, and he would check in with me daily. And between those three men and the love of everybody else in this room, 
I have been sober from my binge foods and craziness for seven months. If you'd have told me back in June this would have happened, I'd have said, no, it ain't. But here I am. I'm able to walk today. I walked to my car, got in, passenger side, I can't, uh, and I got my blood work done today. I have a limp of demon lobe that needs to be dealt with. It's a big, it's big as like a bowling ball, and it hangs from my side. And I went to the doctors this week because they want to get done, that taken care of. But I this the whole thing about this with OA is I had to keep coming back. I don't know anything. I can't. God can. And I have to let him. I have to hold his hand and follow his lead. I can do it for alcoholics. I can do it for you. I am God, the great and powerful. And he is in my life. So I'm off to get recovery, the wonderful way of OA. I just need to hold on to God's hand and follow direction. So I'm grateful for this program. I'm grateful for you all to be here. So my name is Lorraine. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, all told, I've lost, in this program, I've lost 400 pounds. Not all together, but I've lost 400 pounds. I'm at 370 right now. I'm grateful for this program. I don't know what I had. Just put one foot in front of the other and ask God, and, and in asking God, what would you have for me to do next? So I'm thankful for it, being able to be of service tonight. And um, with that, I'll close.